0: Thinking is the new spec work, and what I often see now is that people sort of bring this idea with a rat's nest of thinking behind it. That's not the job of, you're you're supposed to take coherent thinking and turn it into a solid product.
1: Welcome to the Global
2: From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up, actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Okay, welcome to another Global From Asia show. Claire, what number are we? Uh,
0: 183.
2: Yeah, globalfromasia.com slash episode 183. We have lots of amazing things happening to talk about in our little intro. It might be a little bit longer today, but it's exciting things happening. So the first is we are really going global from Asia. We had great feedback from last week's mentioning of these meetups starting to happen in different cities. Claudia from Miami reached out and she's talking to Andrew. Andrew, you want to talk about some of the others?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'll be running some meetups myself in Nanjing, China, and we're really expanding all around China and Southeast Asia as well. Um, In Hangzhou, Lorenzo will be running some global from Asia meetups. We also have Bert in Saigon, as well as Elena and Shenzhen. And as Mike mentioned, Claudia and Santiago are going to be running some meetups down in Miami. So we're going all over the place now.
2: Yeah, it's getting really overwhelming, but we're getting amazing feedback and support. So thank you guys for listening and, and reaching out. And we, we really want to grow these chapters so you can check it out. We'll link it on the show notes, But it's a new subdomain experts.globalfromasia.com slash chapters. And you can see the few cities that we have now. And we're in talks with many more already. Also, Claire, we got something coming up for the October trade show season. We're working hard planning. Do you want to share a little bit about something in October?
0: Yes. October 27th, we have China chip. And then on 28th, we have a cross-border matchmaker.
2: Yep. So I think a lot of you from previous shows, the cross-border summit, we had our second annual in April. And... While a lot of people want us to do it twice a year for the trade shows, we feel like that's a little bit too much. So we are creating some kind of new different types of events for the October trade show season. One being a China trip, globalfromasia.com slash China trip. For that, it's an overnight, so it's a two days. And if you just want the one day, we got the cross-border matchmaker, which is globalfromasia.com slash matchmaker. Again, we are overwhelming you guys today with amazing stuff happening. So... You guys can check out the show notes, but if you're coming over to China for October, we would love to to meet with you. Uh, Another fun feedback is a listener, Duke. He's uh, listening quite a lot of our shows, and he sent me a message about last week's show we talked about with Nadine on Amazon Germany about uh, Haagen-Dazs not being an American brand, and we had some discussion about this, and I checked it up on Wikipedia. It is actually... It is confusing, but even French people think it's French and they're telling Duke that it's French. It's really American. It was started in 1967, I believe, in Brooklyn, New York, by two guys. Uh, So it's an American brand. So French people, there seems like a lot of French people that are even convinced that it's French. It's American. (laughs) This is just what we like talking about at Global From Asia is brands. You know, the name is just the name. It could be anywhere in the world. A lot of brands are in Hong Kong. A lot of brands are in... Uh, different parts of the world. So let's get into this week's show. We're at episode 183 and we kind of reordered some stuff around. Uh, John Myers was our host. He really took good care of Andrew and I when we came down to Saigon and it was really amazing. So we get him on the show to help you guys. So if you guys are coming out to Saigon, he, he and I talk about some tips and tricks about getting around the city, understanding different parts, uh, the scene and more. So we can listen to that. What did you think of Saigon? Uh, we have a vlog about it. We'll link up too. But Andrew, what was your feedback on Saigon?
1: I thought Saigon was awesome. It really, uh, it really blew my expectations away. Uh, this, the startup scene down there is huge. The I can't believe the amount of international businesses going on down there as well. The food was amazing. And yeah, speaking about your vlog, I thought it was kind of funny because one of the only things that you had a hard time filming was this. Slurpee that was dancing outside of Seven Eleven because it just opened. So they had this dancing Slurpee uh, promoting Seven Eleven. But uh, yeah, I guess you tried to film it and they wouldn't let you.
2: Yeah, they were nervous to have me record it. I don't know. It seems secrets. seems like a good promotion, but we got a little bit of Seven Eleven in the vlog. And also, we're already planning our next meetup in Saigon to continue onwards. We have. Some great, great things happening there. So that will be on Thursday, July 27th in Saigon, Vietnam. If you are there, back at the Hive co working space. So without further ado, let's tune into the interview with John Myers, the king of Saigon. And he's going to give us some great insights. So I'm excited to share this with you guys. All right, live from Saigon, or I should say, good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank you. We, I'm excited for today's show. We have John Myers right here uh, on the show. Thank you for being here. The king of Saigon or Ho Chi Minh? Uh, either way, Saigon is the
0: uh, old name and Ho Chi Minh City is the newer name. Okay. So,
2: But most locals refer to uh, the city as Saigon. Awesome. And so, yeah, you've been... Talking to me about it, and I finally finally made it down. So it's been it's been a great trip, and thank you for helping me out so much and uh, coming on the show today, so we can help some more entrepreneurs yeah. and yeah, business owners. No problem. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit about you. You know, you have so much experience that you know could fill the show right there. But I, you know, you think you're the guy to go to for design. I've seen your awesome your awesome studio here, and you're an American like me from Columbus. Yeah. Spent a lot of your time in the Virginia area, and yes. have had a design agency in New York City, and you've been out here in Asia on, on back and forth since the '90s with Taiwan first when you were in your younger years, and yeah. even a little bit of India. So, yeah. so much, uh, so much experience, and it's it's great to have you on the show. And so you you, you know we're similar. I, I'm here in Asia for the long term as well, and yeah. And uh, so maybe first, how did you end up in Saigon? I was living in
0: Thailand five years ago, and I uh, had to go out on a visa run. And actually, I was uh, just avoiding going to Saigon. I just had read some bad blog posts, uh, one in particular by Nomadic Matt, and it was titled, Why I Will Never Go to Vietnam Again. Oh. <laughs> so, wow. um, So I put it off, and uh, Came here on a visa run to Saigon and was immediately kind of taken with the energy of the city. Um, So it's got a a very young culture here, uh, vibrant uh, motorbike culture, street culture. Um, And it reminded me of Taiwan, where I first started this kind of living abroad thing uh, 20-some years ago. So that sort of young energy and uh, started to... Investigate the data that was behind what's going on here, and um, just seemed like a good fit for where I was at and what I'm looking for.
2: Very cool, yeah. And so you, a lot have followed. So I, I think you've convinced quite a few others to 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 spend more time out here. And it seems like they're they're permanently here. We were out bowling last night with Big Mike from Empire Flippers, and yeah. he's investing in a bowling ball. Bowl, so. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely a commitment. <laughs> yeah, He's committed here. Yeah, Uh It's really great how you've uh, really kind of really brought a lot of great people here. So there's a few things I've been listening. I've only been here, you know, for a few days and I'm planning to definitely come back. Uh I think there's quite a few reasons. I don't know if you want to go through them. I have some also I've noticed. Um uh, What would you say are some of the the great parts of, of the city? Um Let me
0: first... Uh, address that with some caveats, right? So, um, I think uh, cities are kind of like religion and there's not like one right way. And so, I have what's called the lifestyle calculus. So, I kind of like look at what ticks the boxes for me. So, weather would be one, uh, population might be one, um, uh, you know, uh, lifestyle optimization, cost of living, access to beaches, and that sort of thing. So, Uh, What ticked the box for Saigon ticked the most boxes for me. So um, I previously lived in South America. I lived in Buenos Aires, which is awesome. I've lived in uh, Santiago, uh, lived all over. But uh, in particular, Saigon ticked a lot of boxes with regards to uh, cost of living, weather, quality of the expat community here, which is quite high um the type of people that the city attracts uh the local people and what they're working on and so uh just that combination of factors uh kind of sealed sealed the deal for me for the time being great
2: yeah i mean uh we'll talk about that a little bit later but of course i'm coming out from shenzhen so I, i do some video blogs some people some people listen also watch some videos we do and uh i upload a youtube video and I was waiting to go out actually for dinner with you, and I was like, I gotta wait to upload it. And then actually, it was done in like a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah, the internet's the insane internet's here. Awesome.
0: Yeah, you can get uh, fiber fifty to a hundred down for like fifty to seventy dollars a month. Amazing. Uh, unfiltered. So <laughs>
2: that's quite nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we've you know you, we even helped take me around, and there's construction everywhere, so it seems like it's really. Of course it's a little bit annoying now but i mean of course it's going to be an even better city i hopefully right after yeah. all that yeah definitely and and then i know when i was preparing to come out here you were making sure i had everything ready I you do need a visa so people sometimes need to know you got to apply ahead of time yeah that's correct um we could link up some of them but i think it was evisa.vn or something yeah v- uh, vietnamvisa maybe.com
0: okay. is is one and um it's pretty simple. You just apply online. Uh they email you a visa acceptance letter. You mm-hmm. print that out and then you present that letter along with a passport size photo at
2: the visa on arrival counter at the airport. Yep, that's about it. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty smooth and yeah. and uh I, I upgraded so I had the express express yeah. service, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and, that way. Uh, so the express service, somebody
0: greets you with a sign and they're waiting on you and they take your passport. You jump the line
2: and kind of, you know, jump uh, uh, to the front so you don't have to wait. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty slick. And uh, I'm glad I did that because I think there was about 20 people per lane for like eight lanes wide. Yeah, like it can get in, it congested, especially if there's late arrival flights and so mm, on. So Yeah, so I'm still learning the city. It's it is a it's a it is fairly close. Like uh you know, I I came I came from a I think I was in district one and and uh there's a few districts. I don't know if you want to explain the way the structure of the city is, but it's it's pretty pretty close. Everything is pretty close. Yeah. Um
0: I guess the layout of the city uh, follows kind of like a matrix. (laughs) So uh, it's organized into about uh, 12 to 15 districts, with District 1 being the center of the city and everything kind of fanning out from there. And um, But yeah, it's really quite dense. So in the sort of center of town, District 1, um, it is walkable. I mean, if you're... Uh, shy around the motorbikes at first, which I can understand. Uh, it looks a little intimidating, but uh, when it, when you get your uh, walking legs kind of in place here and you're used to walking out in traffic, uh, it's not that big of a deal. So it's actually quite walkable. And then with the motorbike, um, you know, I ride a motorbike here all the time, and it's really fast to get around. So
2: yeah, I think I think you said and others have said it's faster with to get around than than a taxi because you can get through traffic faster. Yeah which is pretty awesome. Yeah.
0: And not too dangerous either because the traffic doesn't move that fast. So
2: um, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I have I've been in Asia for a while in China, so I'm also got used to it. But you just got to walk out in traffic and they'll slow down or go around you. Yeah. The best strategy is just not to look. So it's (laughs) counterintuitive to everything you know uh, as a westerner. So, yeah. Awesome, and then yeah, cost of living of course is very affordable here. It's definitely less than China, so maybe we can give some ideas. I mean, I guess of course there's it depends on what kind of accommodations you like, but uh, um, I, I think the one of the
0: main things with regards to setup in general in Saigon is that it's just very fast and easy. So you know, versus say uh, China or New York City, for that matter. Um, you don't have to screw around with, uh, tons of deposits, uh, background checks, paying, uh, um, finders fees and all that stuff. Um, you can literally get set up in a decent place in a day. Wow. Um, you can just, there are certain parts of town where you can just knock on the door and you'll see like room for rent. (laughs) And so like a place like that in the city might be like three or $400 a month, um, there are short-term accommodations available that are furnished, ready to go, that uh, you can rent uh, by the month, uh, six-month lease, twelve-month, and okay. so on. So uh, it's doable. Obviously, you pay more for shorter time periods, and um, you know if you sign a lease for a year, you'll get a better value.
2: Mm. Of course, I mean, I'm having trouble. I'm trying to find short-term stay for some people in China and. It's hard. I think you basically are stuck in a lease,
0: yeah,
2: Yeah, and at least there, and and then there's more and more networking events. So, you know, I put together a small networking event for Global Formations and some in town. Thanks, thanks for the help. Yeah, no problem. And coming out and sharing too. So there's also there's also some uh, I'm going to get the wrong acronym, but there's some developer communities. I think you also go to those events, and there's it seems like there's lots of networking uh yeah lots of networking um in general the quality
0: of the startup scene uh 5 years ago versus now is drastically different uh, it's uh, matured quite a bit so uh when i first got to saigon 5 years ago the uh startup concepts uh were immature um the technology know-how there was a lot of developers but uh most weren't working in frameworks they might be working in like just raw php or something mm. And then, um, I guess five years ago, Ruby on Rails was sort of a technology, uh, uh, programming technology that uh, was a big deal. Uh, there were some folks in town uh, doing uh, development in Ruby. And um, suddenly, though, that in general, the developers here are kind of like ahead of the curve. So React is really popular here. Uh, Node.js, people are doing stuff on uh, GraphQL. So, uh,
2: you know, most of the locals are quite up to speed with development now. Which, which is awesome. I, I have a, I work with a Vietnamese developer. I tried to meet him on this trip, honestly. Yeah. But he, I think. Oh, and he's here in Saigon. No, uh, he's, uh, I think it's that city between Saigon and. Uh, da Nang? Yeah, Da Nang. Okay, got it. He's there. But I, he says he couldn't, but I feel like he was shy, to be honest. Could be. He's really amazing, very talented, and he's always shy to talk. I've never talked to him on the phone. Yeah. I always chat, just chat or uh, or email. Yeah, but uh, the, I'm very impressed with him and some others I've worked with, and I think you've worked with developers here too. Yeah. So they're they're really, I think, yeah, like you were just saying, they're very high quality and affordable. Um, is there any any tips you can give people maybe looking to to work with developers here? Or
0: um, I think, like we said, the uh Meetups are quite important, so a lot of developers are attending those meetups uh, to make connections for jobs and to get connected to startups. And there's also, uh, over the last two or three years, been quite a few coder schools that have popped up in Saigon. And so what the, the, the model that those run on is that uh, the coders will uh, maybe have an existing job. The employer will pay for uh, them to attend the coder school. And it's uh, eight to 12-week intensive on a particular technology
2: or uh, learning business processes and so on. All right. Very cool. And then is there, I think you would agree with me, but you don't have to. I think like Asian culture is much more shy or introverted or quiet. And I always try to tell people like, you know, especially Americans, we're usually very direct and a little bit aggressive. So yeah. I, I always try to say you got to be a little bit, it down a little when you work with them, you don't want to scare them uh, yeah. too much. But is there any tips you have for maybe if you work with these different developers? On... Um, I, like you said, being mindful of communication differences,
0: uh, being respectful and mindful that you will be communicating in English and mm-hmm. that's their second language, so you have to be quite patient. And, um, you know, as a tech, as a founder, right, or as somebody that's looking to build software, um, you owe yourself and the developer the courtesy of doing proper documentation, doing all the right things that uh, go into building quality software. So if you're showing up at a developer's with a napkin and and an idea,
2: uh, you should probably take a hike and get it together first. (laughs) I totally, yeah, I mean, we've talked about that a few times on this trip, and I totally agree. I mean, I think a lot of times people come, you know, the non-tech guys are. The quote unquote. The, I hate saying business guys. Cause the idea guys. The idea guys. Yeah. <laughs> if they admit that, then there's a problem already. I think. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you can't just have a, a light bulb idea in the back of the envelope uh, scribble, especially working with locals. But even even expats or normal people, you know, you're you're a very talented designer, and yeah. you you know making the correct spec sheet is is really. I don't want to say the hardest, but it's very. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, I, I think um, we. I've talked about
0: this with other sort of uh, designers, developers, and so on, that uh, thinking is the new spec work. <laughs> so, you know, back in the day, uh, if you were trying to bid on a project, they would say, hey, do some spec work, show us your design ideas or whatever. And what I often see now is that people sort of bring this idea with a rat's nest of thinking behind it and it's incoherent mm-hmm. and they're looking for the spec on it for yeah. the designer or developer to think for them. Yeah. And so uh that's not the job of you you're supposed to take coherent thinking and turn it into a solid product uh you know and if you're playing in a rat's nest uh yeah. not so good.
2: <laughs> agreed, agreed. So so structures, you know we talk about that a lot on the show, you know. Of course a lot of people do Singapore or Hong Kong or even even working out of a U.S. or, or European uh, structure. is. Do you see people incorporating here, or is there a re- need to, you think? Um, there's re- not really a need to,
0: unless you're um, setting up an office and hiring locals on the ground. And in that case, some of the co-working spaces assist in uh, creating a Vietnamese corporation, but you would still want uh, to set up a Singaporean or Hong Kong op- operations company and that sort of thing. Yeah. But... Um, Uh, In general, it's not necessary for my design practice. I have a US LLC, and so um,
2: it's just easier uh, to run things that way. Agreed. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's true. Like, I think I've said, and a lot of times people say, like, if you're trying to really legitimately hire full-time developers in a a physical office, which, of course, a lot of people here digital nomads are traveling and don't need, don't want to be or don't need to be, you know, fixed to an office. So, unless you're really Trying to do that, uh, probably no need, or selling in the market. There's some, you know, if you want to collect local money, maybe, but I don't, is, is there much of a, I've seen some of your projects, like you've, you've, you have been making, been involved with some local online uh, products for the local market. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's uh, demand for
0: what I do here. Uh, I worked with a venture capital firm uh, called Vina Capital to create a new digital bank from scratch awesome. called Timo. Nice. Uh, when I first started consulting on that, there was six people. I think there's like 80 to 100 people that work there now. Uh, they're at 100,000 customers, uh, and it was quite a high-profile project. Uh, I've worked on several that have gotten traction here uh, in Saigon. There was an e-commerce uh, startup called La Flare, and they have a team, I think, of 80 people now. And so I'm the guy they come to when they want to start something
2: or... Uh, Fit, scale something that has product market fit. Great. So yeah, and, yeah, you're definitely the you know the gateway so people find you when they get here, and hopefully more find you with the show. And and uh, what would you say from the successful projects, from the failed projects, or do you think has anything to do with the local market? It's probably just the way that the founders are um, are doing it, or the market? Uh, I, I think. Um it just depends.
0: I, I'm very strict on process. Yeah, and talked- so uh, from the moment we are considering each other to uh, responding to uh, a proposal, to creating it, to onboarding a new customer, a new project, it's really about the process. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty strict about that now. And I would say in reflection, the things, projects that didn't work out uh, to my liking, it was almost just something in the process was broken. There was a abstract uh, design feedback process. Uh, there was abstract requirements.
2: And so uh, working from a point of clarity is always better. Definitely. So just some operational stuff. Like, I guess people just, for the currency and the cash, I guess people are just operating probably through through, like, ATM and cash?
0: uh, Everywhere except Western credit cards. Cool. And uh, uh, you can get cash at the ATM. And um, there's XOOM Zoom, so you can Zoom uh, locals' money. There's TransferWise.
2: Um, So banking here is quite easy, I think. That's pretty awesome. Sometimes opposite of, especially in China and other places. Very cool. So then... I think a lot of times there's still listeners I talk to that are still like sitting back in the US or, or back in, in, you know, their home country. But I think it's just really just getting past that barrier and just coming out here rather than waiting for that perfect alignment of everything they need to get here. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that alignment ever happens. It never (laughs) did
0: for me. It's just to kind of hit the ground running and and do it. And um, I think the cool thing here in Saigon is that I've seen so many. Uh, people show up and they're like, God, if I could just make $1,000 a month <laughs> yeah. here, like that's raining. And and uh, I've seen so many people show up and actually build something, execute and have quite a bit of success, uh, which is insane. Uh, quite a bit of success is coming out of here. So I think the value of being around that community and uh, definitely... It can be intimidating, you know, if you're not used to talking business all the time, that might be intimidating. But I think overall, there's like
2: a huge net gain to being immersed in uh, that kind of energy. Agreed. Agreed. I guess there always is, the there's English, you know, in China, a lot of times people get started with English teaching or, I mean, I guess they could also, you know, do any kind of business. You know, a lot of people are an FBA. We talk about that. Yeah. So maybe just just getting started with, anything before they get into a big tech startup, maybe step-by-step step moving up? Or um, I,
0: I would strongly suggest either having a baseline skill uh, to work with that, that you actually enjoy doing. So whether it's uh, copywriting, uh, design, uh, coding, uh, some kind of foundational skill is quite important. Um, and then I would suggest really looking at internships or some type of apprenticeship uh, to get started. So it just kind of eases the crash landing uh, in a new place. And um, like the Empire Flippers have brought on, you know, so many people under their apprentice programs and they do quite well, actually, like they stick around and, and grow. So I would strongly suggest uh, paying attention to who's around the different cities, be it Saigon, be it uh, Chiang Mai, be it uh, Shenzhen, whatever, Mm -hmm. and just seeing who needs help
2: it's because founders are really easy to reach yeah i mean like uh, we you met andrew he's he's working with us in in the apprenticeship and yeah he's awesome and he, he yeah he initiated it like i had a small like listing on my job board and he reached out and and uh yeah i think creating creating the job right or sometimes yeah. not waiting for for them to even ask see or see how you can help yeah see your skill set yeah. and and see an opportunity in that company and And reach out. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you some uh,
0: things that aren't quite normal uh, with regards to skill set that are in demand here. Uh, For example, data science. And so, if uh, suddenly we got an influx of data scientists, they would be not going to get the same wages as back in the States. But if you wanted to sort of balance lifestyle and opportunity, um, that kind of stuff. I mean, things that don't seem quite obvious, uh, but
2: are actually, uh, are in demand here. Very cool. And they are with local company, I think, or, or Western or? Uh, better both actually.
0: Um, you know, I mean, the, uh, local company presence, um, the folks that really get it are probably still kind of a handful, you know, but, um, there's regional opportunities everywhere popping up. Uh, there's a lot of expat entrepreneurs that are specifically based in Saigon to build and scale a business and to focus on scaling. So, like, there's a lot of people, like, you know, Travis with the M T Tracker and, and a bunch of people that have
2: sort of been in and out of here all the time. It's true. There's some really amazing people, and they don't even show it, right? Like, no. You can't even tell. They seem like... Normal person, but they're they're doing really well online and in business. So, yeah. so it's really cool. And then I can't help but talk about Shenzhen a little bit. We, yeah. you know, we came over and we had known each other before, and I was happy to have you and the yeah. crew here. Yeah, crew here. Um, you know, I think uh, it's definitely totally different. I mean, I've been here for a few days too, so it. I think people can definitely enjoy a lifestyle here more. But uh, do you want to kind of? Highlight a couple of differences that you can see, or um, I can. I think, um, just
0: in general, <laughs> like if you don't speak any Chinese, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't read any Chinese, um, if uh, you know, it like I think uh, Vietnam is less hostile towards that, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just more English speakers here, um, in, in Saigon, and especially in Saigon, and um. I think it's just easier to set up, you know. So I think if you are sort of uh, inexperienced in living or traveling in Asia, um, Vietnam might make more sense. If you are building some type of product business and you really are trying to get close to your suppliers or get close to the supply chain or the prototyping process, then it, uh, Shenzhen is a no-brainer, you know. I think being in China makes a heck of a lot of
2: sense uh, to have a footprint there. But right. Yeah, just to make sure people understand product being, like, physical product. Physical product, yeah. Like, I think making uh, making software here is much better. Yeah. Because I, we've I talked mean, about it. Yeah, we have the uh, open
0: uh, internet. The internet. Um, they start computer science education here in kindergarten. Really? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, the quality of the thinking that the developers are doing is improving, you know. So before, people were just looking to take orders, but they're actually, you know, thinking more like... Uh, uh, entrepreneurs or intra, intrapreneurs, yeah. uh, you know, to, to build software. And um, I've seen the quality drastically improve, but, um, you know, I think there's some similarities, be it being Asian culture, but I think there's also a lot of qu- uh, key differences. I mean, I think the infrastructure is way better in uh, Shenzhen than than in Vietnam. Yeah, let's say um, so. The, the sort of uh, urban infrastructure and uh, rail and that yeah. sort of thing. Um so if that's a priority, uh, you know, like it would make more sense to be in Shenzhen. Which is, uh, but there's a subway, is it an underground or above? I uh, think there's both, a, there's both. a uh, massive subway system under construction uh, here in Saigon now, but uh, you're still looking at probably three or four years. Okay. Today. So <laughs> depends on who's plundering what and then <laughs> who bleeds it out, then oh, who man. injects
2: more cash. Got it. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Shenzhen is a, uh, Definitely, if you're manufacturing, or but there's a lot of guys here that are somehow able to, you know, well, even in the U.S. or anywhere, you know, it's going to take a little bit longer. You got to mail the sample back and forth. You might have to come up to China to see your supplier or have an agent if you're not there. Which there are, of course, we've had people on the show too, or or there's other options of people that will. There's a lot of
0: FBA sellers uh, here in Saigon. Yep, a lot of them, and I think they just kind of use this as the home base. Uh, They hire local staff for. Uh, running customer support, uh, managing marketing campaigns, uh, email autoresponder uh, campaigns, and so on, and then they do manage. You know, they pop
2: up to China to check on their product. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I mentioned you, but I have a lot of Chinese sellers contacting me. They want to hire like Filipinos or people outside of China to do their customer service because they are tired of the sell. They're creating competition because yeah. they they learn and. And yeah. uh, they want to do that, so maybe there's some opportunities for for people there. Yeah, it could be. So, for more about you, we you know we we hinted on a little bit. You're you're doing some great design work here, and um and you always are glad to meet new people coming to town. Uh, Absolutely. So, what what are ways people can find you online or connect with you? Um, I have
0: a personal site that'll go up someday. Johnmyers dot com. Uh, easiest way is probably just to hit me up on Twitter. I'm just okay. uh, at John Myers. Great. Uh, Facebook is, is good. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, always eager
2: to uh, you know show people around. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. It's been really great to hang out with you during this trip, and unfortunately I have to to go, but I definitely will be back. And and I like uh, I like what's happening here. Cool. So. All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Okay. Really? King of Saigon? Yes. John is the king. I mean, the guy's been there five years and he's helped so many new newbies traveling into Saigon in the scene. Uh, He really, really looks out for everybody. And I would say that means it makes him the king. Right. Right, Andrew?
1: Definitely. Google it. It's on Wikipedia, King of Saigon, John Myers.
2: <laughs> with the Haagen-Dazs article. All right. So thanks again, John, for sharing. I hope that helped you guys. I know it's sometimes scary. I, I know I talked to a lot of listeners and readers, and they're always hesitant to, uh, to move over to Asia or start their business. Uh, so you know, I think what we said a lot in the interview is taking action, just getting out here. I, my favorite part with John's interview was that he says develop a skill. I think he told talked to Andrew about it too while we were there in uh, in the hookah bar. But uh, he was saying like, you know, maybe you don't know what business you want to do. Maybe you're not sure what, you know, uh, even kind of job you want to do here. But I think if you have a core skill set like design or writing or, or programming or something, that's something you can sell either as a freelancer or to, to get a job. I think that's really good advice. So um We can talk about education in the future, but, you know, I think whether it's education or not, I think a skill is the most marketable thing you could have. So I hope hope that helped you guys and and uh, leave us feedback, you know, send us some social love or emails or we actually Claire was reminding me we need to get people to add our Facebook group. Uh, But we're trying. We have so much social media and uh, you can try to we'll link that on the notes. You can join our free Facebook group. Uh, where you can try to keep up. We have an email list. Actually, I was getting feedback from a lot of people in Saigon. They don't even know when our meetups are or what's happening. It's true. We have lots of happening here, so much stuff. So we're trying to get better with the email sending. But the best way is just to go to com slash subscribe. And we have a pretty extensive weekly newsletter that the team all works together really hard to put together the best news and content for you guys. And uh, we're trying to figure out how to send you guys event updates in your city but uh things are happening fast and keep the feedback coming thank you guys and uh let's keep rocking bye to get more info about running an international business please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com that's www.globalfromasia.com also be sure to subscribe to our itunes feed thanks for tuning in